Hello and welcome to In the Loop, a podcast working in cooperation with Suffolk Votes and Suffolk University's Center for Community Engagement. The views and opinions expressed on In the Loop do not reflect the opinions of Suffolk University, the Center for Community Engagement, or Suffolk Votes. I'm Cam Sweeney. I'm Maddie Dubois. And I'm Andrew Gomes. This week, former President Trump gets indicted and arraigned, Asa Hutchinson announces his candidacy for president, Finland formally joins NATO, Brandon Johnson is elected mayor of Chicago, and A Manhattan grand jury voted last Thursday on March 30th to indict former President Trump for his role in paying hush money to Stormy Daniels, a porn star, ahead of the 2016 presidential election, making Trump the first U.S. president to face a criminal indictment in American history. Trump turned himself in on Tuesday, April 4th, where he pled not guilty to 34 different felony counts, all centering around a hush money deal facilitated by Michael Cohen, his attorney, uh, as well as accusations that the former president also paid off another woman and a doorman throughout the 2016 campaign. Trump, despite this, has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing or any connection to Stormy Daniels and has already called on his followers to protest his arrest, similar to his calls to action made ahead of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Uh, as for how this will impact the 2024 presidential election, a lot of that's unknown. Trump has vowed that he's not going to drop out of the race, and there's really no law, constitutional or otherwise, that would prevent him from running, even if he was found guilty and ultimately imprisoned. Uh, the most famous example of this is probably Eugene Debs, who ran as the Socialist Party of America's candidate in the 1920 election. He ran that campaign from prison and still got roughly 3% of the vote. Um, Still, the implications of this are going to be unclear for Trump. He's the current frontrunner for the Republican presidential primary. It doesn't look like that status as frontrunner has shifted. Um, He's also repeatedly suggested that even if he were to lose the Republican nomination, he'd still be willing to run as an independent candidate. And, you know, we still don't know whether or not he will ultimately serve prison time, even if he's found guilty. Uh, It's unusual for a person with no previous criminal record to be sentenced to extensive jail time for a nonviolent offense. But this is anything but a usual case. Uh, It's also really important to note that criminal cases like this, especially in Manhattan, typically take more than a year to go to trial. Uh, So Trump's trial might not be taking place until much closer to the 2024 election season or might not even occur until after the election takes place, further complicating the legal nature of trying Trump if he was charged with state charges as president or president-elect. And, uh, you know, in addition to all this happening in Manhattan, these are not the only criminal concerns for the former president. He's still under investigation for his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election and for his handling of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. While the long-term implications of this are unknown, many of Trump's challenges were quick to come to his defense following his indictment, showing Trump's strength as a frontrunner and showing his opponents' fears about attacking him. Governor DeSantis, largely seen as the biggest threat to Trump, made a vow to block his state from assisting in potentially extraditing Trump from Florida to New York. He later called the case the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda. Former Governor Nikki Haley of South Carolina, who's actively campaigning against Trump, stated on Twitter that this is more about revenge than it is about justice. Trump's team also reported that it had raised more than $4 million in the 24 hours after the news of the indictment was made public, and a total of $7 million since the New York Times first broke the news of his indictment last Thursday. 
The largest condemnation, however, came from Republican Asa Hutchinson, who recently made an announcement that he is running for president. The former governor of Arkansas announced this past weekend that he will run for president in 2024, making him the fourth Republican to do so. He is planning on making a formal announcement on April 26 in Bentonville, Arkansas, and has been pitching himself as a Trump alternative and has stated that Trump should drop out of the race because of his recent indictment, though his policy is more complicated. While he vetoed legislation banning gender-affirming care for minors in Arkansas and reconsidered mask mandates during the pandemic, he also has had a strong conservative record, signing a near-total abortion ban and rushing executions toward the end of his term. The U.S. Senate voted for the first time in decades to rescind war powers granted to the president. Just last week, the U.S. Senate voted to repeal the AOMFs, or the Authorization for Use of Military Force, for the 1991 Gulf War Authorization and the 2002 Iraq War Authorization. Lawmakers believe that this is necessary to prevent presidential administrations in the future from utilizing these old authorizations in order to launch unrelated military operations without prior congressional approval. The bill passed bipartisanly on a 66 to 30 vote uh, with support as well from President Biden and Republican Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. Just yesterday, Finland officially became the 31st member of NATO after Turkey announced its support of Finland's attempts to join. All 276 present members of the Turkish parliament voted in favor of Finland's efforts just days after Hungary's parliament did the same. A new Finnish government still being negotiated following the 2023 Finnish parliamentary elections will be left with the decision of whether they will allow foreign troops on their soil as several other NATO members bordering Russia do. While Finland is expected to be admitted into NATO, Sweden's bid to join has not seen similar successes, with both Turkey and Hungary holding out. Yesterday, April 4th, on Tuesday, Brandon Johnson was elected the mayor of Chicago. Johnson, a Democrat and teachers union organizer, defeated Paul Vallis, a more conservative Democrat who called for a crackdown on crime. Johnson and Vallis were running against former mayor Lori Lightfoot, and she failed to advance the top two runoff. Vallis campaigned on a pro-police and hard-on-crime agenda, whereas Johnson argued that he would hire 200 new detectives, arguing that solving crimes would increase the trust in police and deter crime in the city. Johnson says that his victory will usher in a new chapter of history for the city and that the rest of the country should follow suit. Also in election news, uh, a Democrat-backed judge wins the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, giving liberals a one-vote advantage as the court is set to hear a monumental case regarding abortion and redistricting decisions. Janet Protasewicz, a Milwaukee County judge, has beaten former state Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly, according to the Associated Press. While technically nonpartisan, both candidates were largely tied to their prospective parties, and various organizations spent over $40 million in this highly contested election. And lastly, in local news, the president of Cape Verde visits several Massachusetts communities this past week. President Jose Maria Neves of Cape Verde made his first official visit to the U.S. since being elected in 2021. He had visited several towns in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, all of which have large populations of Cape Verdean Americans. In some of his remarks, he had reiterated the importance of an American education to students at several schools, including Brockton High, which has the largest population of students in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts as a public high school. Thanks for listening, and be sure to visit us at itlpodcast.com for more information and a complete list of where you can listen. Also, be sure to follow us at Suffolk Votes on Instagram. Thank you, and we hope you tune in next week.
with over 4,000 students, 800 of them being born in Cape Verde.